0: Hey there, Film Buds. Welcome back to the Film Buds Podcast. I'm your host, Paul.
1: And I'm Lauren.
0: And this is episode 238. Wow. Uh, We are continuing with our Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. Uh, Actually, it's officially today. It started. It's September 15th.
1: But, you know, upon uh, you listening to this, it'll be the 16th because we're doing this on Thursday. <laughs> That's right.
0: So, uh, but we are now officially into, you know, the the official celebration window. It goes from mid-September to mid-October, September 15th to October 15th. Um, so we're now officially into the, the proper celebration celebration
1: yeah it was, um, it was destined that we recorded today
0: and uh it's been a a really great month so far i've really enjoyed it a lot of different tones a lot of different textures uh cinematically we had nick on um today is of course going to be a very different episode we're now dealing with a documentary
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know we decided um since last year, we only did like the two episodes. This year was a real question of like, what, what, what do we do for, for the full month? Um, and I wanted to, in some way, go and touch on real life history and do a documentary in some way where we could really do a dive into, um, earnest history, you know, even if it is through some sort of lens or perspective a documentary gives you at least a, a glance at history mm-hmm. uh, especially if that's sort of the the intent of the the documentary
1: i mean i think you really nailed it with this one you know it hit all of your 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 things that you said that it should <laughs>
0: um and also i think that uh this scratched one of my favorite itches which is finding fascinating new history you know. Oh,
1: you do, you do like to, to unravel an entire ball of yarn that is history.
0: Yeah, I, I, I enjoy going down and, and discovering um, the connectivity, you know, of American history movements, but also how history has echoes, you know, of people doing similar things at similar times all around the world. We'll call it the Sandrum uh the 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 the
1: the sandwich thing the
0: sandwich uh conundrum or the sandwich effect yes i love that
1: you just mooshed them together Uh, into one word
0: yeah (laughs) there's no way for me to edit it out um i'm really fucked on that one forever embarrassed
1: (laughs) it's like not even that bad (laughs) i thought it was funny i was like i had no idea where you would come up with that combination (laughs) it's
0: fantastic uh and so uh but no well well it's it's the similar idea though you know um you know these echoes of of history sort of repeating similar ideas mm, at, at mm-hmm. different places yeah um, yeah it's, it's
1: the chair thing as well you know every mm-hmm. every society has some version of a thing to sit on mm-hmm. because it was a it was a basic human need that every society was like i think we should have this
0: mm-hmm. uh maybe young was on to something Uh, and so, uh, before we get, uh, too far into it, you know, today's episode is all about, uh, Ruben Salazar, Man in the Middle, uh, by Philip Rodriguez. Um, and it's about a, a uh, Mexican-American journalist, um, who ended up dying tragically young. Uh, it's a PBS documentary. It's fascinating. Uh, but the place that he grew up in was El Paso and, and Juarez. Um, and so I guess, uh, you know, part of the episode is also definitely, you know, about like the border and, and border topics and then so is the movie. And so I guess just out of general curiosity, what familiarity do you have with, the very large swath of america that makes up the the mexican-american border
1: oh gosh i've never been to the border um I've, i've honestly i don't think that i've ever been to a city close to the border um i mean you're more familiar with the landscape of texas than i am um i've been to dallas i've been to houston And that, I think that might actually be pretty much it of, of Texas for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one, it's, it's a huge state, but also there was, we never really did like road trips or anything out that far because like we were always East coast people. Um, and so I never, I like from, from truly the, the Mississippi over my, my knowledge of, of the American West is, is just as is sparse as, as I guess, you know, the, the pioneers thought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not saying like anything bad about it. I've just like personally never gotten the opportunity to, to venture that far in a wide sweeping, you know, I've been to California, but that's nowhere near the border. So.
0: Yeah. Depending on where you are, you know. Yeah. Um, I was in
1: LA. So mm -hmm. LA is not, not anywhere california another huge state yeah you know east coast you can like pop through states every few hours you know you can feel like a real road trip champion you know you get to the you get to the west coast you're like all right we've been in this state for 20 whole four hours (laughs) (laughs)
0: um no that's fair uh i i did grow up of course in texas i have been in every state that that touches the the mexican-american border um and I have actually been to uh, El Paso uh, a few times. I've, I've driven through El Paso and, and stayed in El Paso for a little bit of time. Um, and it is fascinating um, because it is like a literal border town in the sense of like, there's a stretch of interstate that as you're, especially on the uh, eastbound uh, side of it. If you look out to your right, you're looking directly at Mexico. Uh and you can you can see, you know, the the full town of Juarez, um the roads, you can see, you know, cars and, and vehicles and things like that moving around. And so it is really fascinating um to travel through uh and, and visit uh El Paso even, even briefly just because of the fact that you can directly look over and see, you know, just even fleetingly Mexico. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, like a really interesting, it is a, it is a fascinating, fascinating town. Um, especially because growing up, you know, you heard all sorts of stories about, you know, border towns and the border, Growing up in Texas, I mean, you you were inundated, you know, on a certain level. Oh, I'm with,
1: sure. They breed you young.
0: Uh, all sorts of information, opinions, stories, um, positive and negative, you know, about the border. It was really, really fascinating because, you know, the same people that will also tell you a horror story about the border will also then go back and tell you, you know, some sort of crazy story that they had. Going over, you know, into Mexico and having a good time and coming back into America, you know. And so it was it was really fascinating growing up in a in a state attached to the border, especially with such a complicated history to the Mexican-American border as Texas. That's
1: such an American thing to do. Be like, oh, you know, I like to party in Mexico and then come back home, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We're so trashy when we go to other countries
0: yeah (laughs) don't worry about that
1: but i think that that's also probably stemmed in the same place of why like people are are so anti-immigration they're like oh but they don't go back home after they trash our shit you know uh
0: and so i think that that's uh you know a really interesting it's it is fascinating to to grow up in that place and um i'm sure it's It's also, you know, it puts a lot of things into a lot of very particular perspective as well. mm mm-hmm. um, And so I can't imagine what it would have been like also to grow up. And especially being as aware, you know, as our, our subject of our documentary, Ruben Salazar, is of his identity... I can't imagine what it must have been like to to spend five, ten years watching Juarez and El Paso grow.
1: No, no, for sure. Honestly, like I was gonna, I was gonna touch on that a little bit. You know, the this idea of being just just a stone's throw away from where your people were. Mm-hmm. You know that that concept is so so foreign foreign to me as as a you know African American. Person is a person whose 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 ancestry didn't have any choice and it's so far removed as well. You know, he's he's first generation. Not
0: just by time, but space.
1: Yeah, you know, just literal. Like, there's no like, oh, you know, just just over there. If I
0: stand on Savannah's coast with a spyglass, I can look over and see. A village in Africa, like yeah, that's not an know, option for you.
1: No, and it's so it's just I'm sure that that duality was was really hard because I think that also a lot of um, Hispanic, you know, narratives are about this this dual this dual, um, you know, lineage of being so close to what the the traditions were, but also now being this new thing and what that means. Whereas, like you know, for for me and and my family, you know the 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 struggles were different because we were already fully American. It was it was the it was the issues of the homeland that it was the issue. You know, this is my homeland. This is the homeland of my ancestors. You know, I have I have truly no ties at this point to Africa, but I sure that this was like who? Yeah, you know, who are you in that kind of world? Yeah, where you are neither nor.
0: Well, and this is also, I guess, particularly topical because there has been a a recent um, study that estimates that um, there might be a chance that, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong about this if I misunderstood, but there's a chance that um, Texas either is or is about to be officially more Hispanic in population than white. Um, And so I, I think that Texas is such a fascinating state for me, Mm -hmm. um, just even in terms of its history and um, its demographics. You know, like I grew up in a community that had been traditionally majority white. And in a... Or I didn't grow up there, but I I did some teaching in a a community that had been majority white. Um, And then it started to... Over just the few years that I was, you know, catching up to it, essentially, as a community it was largely booming in a Hispanic population. And part of that was some of the suburban sprawl of Houston, as well as a city where certain communities were being displaced because of Houston becoming more expensive in certain areas.
1: It's, I mean, it's um, amazing how areas can, can almost segregate themselves depending mm-hmm. on, you know, access accessibility
0: and so it was it's 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 a fascinating sort of um case study in a lot of different ways like it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a really interesting place and i think that this documentary um man in the middle really touched on a lot of things that I, i find particularly interesting about um texas and um and about identity as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that without any further ado, we should go ahead and jump on into Yeah, this let's bad do boy. it. So uh Ruben Salazar, Man in the Middle, is like I said, a PBS documentary. Uh it was released uh April twenty ninth, twenty fourteen. Uh it's fifty three minutes long. It's rated T V P G. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. PBS didn't get racy with this one. You know, I know that they like to. um, But they they held back on this one. Um, It is directed by Philip Rodriguez. Uh, The summary is Ruben Salazar, Man in the Middle, An Investigative Look at the Life and Mysterious Death of Pioneering Journalist Ruben Salazar. Uh, and our only cast member, if you will have one, is, uh, Michael Manuel as the voice of Ruben Salazar for some, uh, readings of things that Ruben wrote. Uh, and I guess without any further ado, I'll pass it off to you, dear. What did you think of Man in the Middle?
1: Oh, I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, I had never heard of Ruben Salazar, Um, but also, you know, he was, he was in like LA was like his home place for a really long time of his life in Texas. So I'm, I'm sure that just his story didn't, didn't reach old Virginia, you know? Um, and I just, I found it fascinating. Um, this, this, this kid, you know, growing up on the, as as we talked about earlier, um, on the border, of of two identities, you know, but also technically because of America at this time not being considered really either of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he was Mexican-born, but moved to the States when he was two and lived the rest of his life in, in the States. And so, you know, for all intents and purposes, he was American, you know. Well, he, and,
0: and on the census at that time.
1: He was also, yeah, uh, Mexicans were were labeled as white mm-hmm. in the census which i find fascinating i did not know that that was that was something that i i learned um how things have reversed um but it was still like not in a way that was um you know kind i guess either because, yeah, because, it was, because you
0: weren't necessarily recognized you, you you didn't get any of the privilege of being white
1: yeah. No, you just got counted as white, but you were still a second, ha- you know, class citizen next to whites. You mm-hmm. you got to live in the neighborhood, but not like go to the parties. Kind of deal.
0: Um it's almost kind of in that um weird racial nebulous area of um spaghetti westerns. Oh yeah. You know, where once upon a time Italians were considered, you know, racially inferior but also that same sort of thought process about how italians look also was sort of transplanted into this sort of image of what hispanics look like and that sort of weird um uh also just racial language about them as well no, you know, no. is, is not um, dissimilar.
1: I think that that's true for fair. And honestly, I think that it's kind of also, like, um, kind of based in physical features as well. You know, more um, Mexican people and Hispanic people just in general have, you know, like, usually, I guess, whiter textured hair than your mm-hmm. average black person does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that also kind of helped, you know, it, it took them less time, I guess, to fit into the norm of what society looked like. Mm-hmm. Than, than, you know, black society, which was deemed the most inferior.
0: Well, and, and you know, assimilation, they talk about in this documentary being something that, like, Ruben's parents' generation
1: Just really fully, strived
0: yeah. for was full assimilation.
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm no and I thought that that was just I I found a lot of this like echoing people's stories and of people that I know or you know stories that I've heard of people even today being first generation in the states and what this what does this mean you know you either live in a in a house that that fully embraces you know being American 100% and that means a a purging of all things anti-American um And, or you get the, the the household that holds on to the traditions of the ethnicity, you know, as well, you know, just, just transitions those traditions here onto an American soil, but is living in America, an American lifestyle with the, the traditions that have been passed on for generations, because it's, you know, it's really the, I guess, this mindset of, of what, what, what the legacy needs to be you know and i understand completely why ruben's parents generation were like we need to strip ourselves entirely of whatever makes us different because we've seen what happens to those that are different here in america in the 20s you know it's it's not great and even him growing up, you know, into, into the fifties and, you know, it still doesn't, it doesn't get great. And I, I love the fact that he goes through this whole transition along with the kind uh, of American history, almost, you know, the clean buttoned up version of him in the fifties becomes this, this rebellious force in the seventies. And I think that that's, that's so, um, fascinating you know, and impactful of of this kind of journey through life, and this taking what your your parents' generation has told you, and and analyzing it, and realizing that maybe not all of that is the right answer. You know, and there are some things that make us different that we should be proud of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and 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 stop trying to put us in this box, because not all of us want to be in this box, and we shouldn't have to be in the box yeah you know and i just i really i really found him super fascinating because, like he also was this this troubled person you know he he didn't marry a hispanic woman and and lived a very white bred American life up until the point of him realizing his own revolution mhm and you know, that's uh, there aren't that many brave people today
0: i know and and you know um he was hitting this personal stride, you know, late 30, moving into 40.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was really still early mm-hmm. in everything that he could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you watch his journey in the documentary, if you know the story of Ruben, um, he was really starting to kick shit up only... A few years before his untimely demise at the age of forty two.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, he looks it's it's one of those things where you're like, God, people in the past look so much older than they actually were. Like, I'm I'm looking at pictures of him and I swear I swear that he was in his fifties.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but And so it it is truly um unfortunate how his life went and and watching his life story, it's it's also one of those things for me that I definitely was like, where is this movie, this miniseries, this whatever? You know, how has this man been so uh un, under the radar you know as as a fascinating figure cuz also he's a beautiful writer and that was one thing that i really liked about let's talk about specifically the the merits of this documentary
1: oh yes 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 so
0: yes. the documentary um for the most part is pretty boilerplate and i don't mean that in like a, an offensive way like it's it's a informative documentary it's a great educational tool um it tells you what you need to know. The thing that makes this, for me, you know, just that cut above, is the access to some of Ruben Salazar's personal writings, and the man was just an an absolutely beautiful writer.
1: Yes, 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 yes. No, I can com- I completely concur with that. Um, I one hundred percent agree. I. I loved his little blips into his, into his mind because like the one that really killed me was the one where he was talking about his wife Mm. and, you know, how she, she wanted the household to be, you know, devoid of, of, of Mexican culture, basically, you know, it was, it was, we were, they were Americans
0: And, uh, Uh, are you talking specifically about the one, uh, about the naming of their child?
1: Oh, no, I was, I was thinking of the, the, the one where, um, he was in, he was in bed and he, like, turned over.
0: Yeah, it's about the naming of their child. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yes, 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 because she didn't want anything. Uh,
0: he, he, they had given her a name that she had deemed was, like, a, a Hispanic name. And she was like, you know, you're going to make that harder for our child.
1: Yes, 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 And he just kind of
0: just, like, turned over in bed and just, like, pretended to go to sleep, essentially. Um,
1: And it just, it was just hard, you know, to to listen to that and
0: profoundly personal stuff not only beautifully written but profoundly personal and so yeah, it allows yeah. you to really look deeply into who this man was you
1: know how dare you just write a diary journal entry and and have it be ready for the the new york times you know stop stop it
0: and he was a writer to his bones
1: i mean honestly yeah he really found his his calling exactly and i think that that's I think that the, the transition in Ruben's career is so fascinating from when he is, he is trying so hard not to be pigeonholed into, um, into being a Mexican, you know, he doesn't just want to talk about Mexican affairs and, and all of those things. He wants to get the real stories that, that all of the, the other guys get to write about. And it's not until he realize he, he reconnects himself to the, the, the Mexican-American's in, in LA, you know And
0: challenging in, essentially his audience publicly on essentially like, well what are we then?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, really really stirring the pot on like the these these feelings that he had been feeling that he didn't realize other people were feeling as well. And I think he fi- he he was liberated by this this oneness with the um with the group. Mm-hmm um, oh gosh, what were they? The, they called themselves the Chicanos.
0: Well, and I was about to say it's so fascinating that we're able to, in real time, in historical record, through newspaper and, and different other uh, entries, plot the reclamation of that word specifically
1: yes 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 i mean honestly the 60s and the 70s was uh was a time for every every racial group had a had a moment pretty much of of being like the word that you have used to put me down is mine now Mm -hmm. i own it you cannot use it anymore it is done for you it is for me to use as i please to to identify myself with it's a verb you know it's it's a well and
0: it, you know it took a little bit longer but it's like the the word queer
1: exactly exactly but again every every marginalized group has had a has a moment when they when they go we're we're done being bullied by you
0: this word no longer means what you've been using it as
1: yes it is now a a, a word of love mhm you know a word of a a word of pride a word of of word of hope you know i can use it you cannot use it anymore Mm -hmm. you know and um no I really I really this this movie was very invigorating um and also the 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 strange twist of his death really killed me
0: his death I will say if I wanted to like bing the documentary about anything for me um and I know that like we only had however much time PBS could allot, and I'm sure that that was also budgetary things because who wants to give money to the documentary about this guy?
1: Oh, no, um, I understand that feeling.
0: And so I'm sure that there were all sorts of problems, and so, like, for for what it's worth, I love what this documentary informed me of. I would love to know more about this man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did feel like his... his Death stuff felt like such a lead in at the start of a promise of 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 a question.
1: Yeah. That
0: then the the payoff in the end, and I think that that's a problem of editing is that it. Well, yeah, the delivery
1: just fell flat. And so then it just goes.
0: (laughs) The delivery
1: was absolutely terrible. It was like it happened like this. So like, get over it.
0: I was like, oh. Especially since we we hyped it so big in the beginning that I was like oh, yeah, and then it was see, like oh. we see
1: court cases and stuff. It gets like everything goes up to eleven five billion percent, and and then they're like
0: okay, it's kind of like if it turned out that OJ had legitimately not been guilty,
1: and like they they looked through every every combed it combed all of the details. It was
0: obvious it wasn't him,
1: like. There was just no way that it... We've
0: got the wrong guy, you like know? It's, just, <laughs> it's it's the same sort of level of, like, anticlimactic.
1: No, but I think that, um... I think that also the the symbol that was built around Ruben and his life, and I agree with you 100%. I think that this this is a, a hidden gem of a story. You know, this man had not only a very interesting life, but also a crazy way of dying that, like, mm. nobody else really in history is like you know to this degree is like remembered for being hit in the head with a what was it a smoke bomb canister
0: tear gas yeah
1: tear gas it, was, it wasn't even it didn't even it, it, it literally hit him like a projectile like that's that's nuts That's. Absolutely i mean like nuts.
0: honestly um if i if i think that like if i if i was you know doing the story of ruben salazar you know, sort of as a, as a movie or something. Um, I, I think that I would probably start in the bar, you know, and I'd have, I would have he and his friend come in, sit down. They would be speaking to each other. Um, you know, you would hear all this kerfuffle in the street there'd be this, you know, sort of loud buildup. We'd be pushing in, you know, they'd get their drinks, you know, we'd slowly be pushing in, pushing in, pushing in, and it would finally just become a close-up on him and then just wham. You know, you hear like faintly the shot of of the tear gas. And then we would cut to black and then we would go backwards.
1: Interesting interesting sorry you said like wham and i was like we really see this man get hit by this canister
0: Mm -hmm. and like and like he just gets taken out of frame we don't know what happens exactly well
1: you'd you'd see see the imagination runs wild when you've got a theater degree so Mm -hmm. details are helpful
0: okay (laughs) no yeah you know he gets taken out of frame we don't know exactly what's what's happening
1: Mm mm-hmm no I think that that's I think that that's really interesting. I also really loved the like the aftermath of of his of his death on this community you know to your point that you made earlier, he had not been you know stirring the pot for very long prior to his death, and I think that also you know the the circumstance of his death as well you know um the fact that he was doing this peaceful march
0: that then turned so wrong
1: yeah, you know. And he was uh, this this rebellious reporter, this this symbol of of the the Mexican American. And he know, was identity. potentially
0: being followed by yeah people. I mean, Hoover at that time was very known for you know.
1: If we're looking at the the history of the era, like all of the things. Go and
0: Pro and that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: things are checking off the boxes, and so like then he dies. Like this is it. Martin Luther King. It's exactly the same, but with a less like Martin satisf-
0: Fred Hampton, you know. Yeah, that with a like sort of a less thing.
1: satisfying ending for it. But because like
0: this is this is, as far as we know, a legitimate freak accident.
1: Yeah. But like the fact that, you know, he had also been joking about, you know, oh, I don't want to be the martyr. I think you should be the martyr, you know. what am I nobody's going to follow me after i die and like this this true the symbol that he became that was bigger than even like he wanted to be i think that you're totally right i think that somebody should do this story you know we we did the lucy um i love lucy version of this story basically you know come on it's an it's another uh hispanic american man married to an american a white american woman mm-hmm. you know but i think that we should do it from 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 this man's perspective of his of his awakening into rebellion, you know.
0: And and getting cut down before he really even figured out exactly what the end goal of his his journey was.
1: But don't they all?
0: Mm-hmm. So if you had to give uh man in the middle the documentary a score, what would you give it?
1: I'm gonna give this documentary a I think that all of the information was given to me solidly I think that you know the parts of this that really moved me truly moved me and then I think that they ran out of time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know I just I think that we just needed slap another 30 minutes on this thing and it would have been perfect but I think that the end part of his story just got like and then it stopped and I think that that's that's a real downvote for me for just like the the follow through of,
0: well, of and, it for me. Um, I, I'm going to give it a four as well. And I also will will ding it for, um, you know, his sort of big career, career failure moment. I also would have liked to have fleshed that out a little bit more about like how he missed it. Yeah, you yeah. know, like how did it go so wrong for him at that moment?
1: No, and also I guess I guess like for me I want to dive so much further into it's lots of stuff. Yeah, into into his beginning years, you know. I know that he worked on his his school paper, but like there's there's still a difference especially now in in the 50s when he was cutting his teeth, you know, 40s, 50s. It's still challenging to break those barriers so what about him did it exactly Mm -hmm. exactly you know people were going above and beyond for this kid why Mm -hmm. versus any other is it because he fit the mold so well Mm. until he got loud like i just i want to know i i truly just want to dive further into this this was a this was a great um first step
0: no that's 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 very fair um moving on uh I guess we'll talk about uh d twenty three recently happened the the disney expose you know oh the my big gosh. Uh, that's
1: what all of those were from
0: oh yeah uh so you can already guess how Lauren felt about a lot of it
1: uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no i'm not subtle i know uh
0: so i'll i'll say this um secret invasion looks like marvel things um hocus pocus two leaves things to be desired um disenchantment has promise or disenchanted
1: Yes, I think that's... Which one
0: is the Netflix show?
1: Disenchantment.
0: Okay. Disenchanted.
1: Because it's it's Enchanted, and now we're Disenchanted.
0: So Disenchanted um, has promise.
1: I think that it's probably, honestly, the most interesting looking one that we saw. I was like, I will watch this movie.
0: Um, Overall, though, uh, you know, a lot of... I I was interested in the in the Werewolves by Night one.
1: Oh, 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 the one that looks like a like a like a black and white horror film. Yeah,
0: I wish that they were actually shooting on film, not doing a digital effect after after the fact, but um overall I thought that it also conceptually looked like one of the more interesting things that they were trying. What?
1: it up until marvel's name slapped all over it and i said oh no it might be garbage
0: <laughs>
1: i i i literally i was like oh god
0: what if it sucks
1: oh it's it has the potential now because now it's a part of this machine whereas like when i didn't know that i was like oh i something think that that's new. why they
0: really do the like special presentation graphic on it is to really try and be like this is a step aside thing
1: oh god but they're gonna sew it right on in there they're gonna do some like it's spider-man into the spider-verse thing where we're just gonna have noir spider-man hanging out with regular spider-man and that's gonna be what they're gonna do but except with with super people whose names that i don't know because they killed off all the ones that names i did know
0: no i get where you're at with that um
1: but it has potential and i'll I'll see what the the next trailer gives us because it'll give us always too much of the plot
0: uh we also watched the uh i want to dance with somebody trailer uh dear what did you think
1: um, it 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 frustrates um it looks really it looks really flashy it looks like they they took all of whitney's like best moments in history and and slapped them into a really loose um mother-daughter story
0: or rise to glory story
1: yeah yeah but if you're gonna give me a whitney houston movie you gotta also give me all of it you know what i mean because like if it's gonna be a biopic you can't be like all right where's bobby but only the good parts.
0: <laughs> Where's Bobby?
1: Come on, because also like at the that this that's her entire story.
0: Where's Bobby?
1: And for somebody somewhere in 50 years who's just going to watch this one movie, they're not going to know the true story of Whitney. They're going to watch this movie and go, "Oh, and then the end she got to do the Cinderella movie. And
0: her life ended in in glory."
1: Yeah, and she just, you know, got old and and retired or something. And that's just going to be the whole thing. They're going to... I didn't know what happened to Audrey Hepburn.
0: No, that's fair.
1: You know, I didn't know that she got old. We never saw any photos of her old. I assumed that she had an, a tragic end like Marilyn. Because nobody again showed any videos or, or photos of her as a as an older woman. But yeah, like it's, it's going to be just as... Just as, um... Ugh it's it's gonna be it's gonna be
0: as sanitized as bohemian rhapsody and this is by the writers of them so
1: oh well that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. um i think that i think that they were like all right watch as much whitney houston stuff as you can and go and she was like okay and they piped in a bunch of Whitney songs and she said I can be Whitney Houston and Cause I don't.
0: I'm sure that she's not even singing it and this isn't even like Elvis or or you know Freddie um where where I think that and honestly I think that with you a ha- you have to choose do you want them to look like or sound like them you know, is kind of the thing, you know, what's, what's your uphill battle?
1: Well, I mean, I Um, guess for me, like, I don't need you to sound like the person singing. I don't need you to really look like the person singing. I need you to, to A, do be singing though. We can always cut your voice out later, but I need you to actually be flexing your throat and crap and, and B, like, I need you to evoke that person. Yeah. Yeah. 110 percent i need you whatever your energy is to be spot on you know
0: look i mean the obvious answer for who should have been playing whitney houston this whole time is kiki palmer but that's...
1: oh my god yes Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes but no. that's not
0: the point here.
1: <laughs> because she would have also done the best Whitney voice we had ever heard. We've all heard. She'd have
0: thrown her whole self into it.
1: Oh, ah, 150%. And I'm not going to say that, like, you know, whoever they got for the, the Whitney part didn't deserve it. You know, I don't know who who she is because she's, she's too busy looking like Whitney.
0: But Kiki would have killed it.
1: She would have. She would have owned it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's waiting for the Angela Bassett biopic. She's ready for it.
0: Kiki, um, I love you. <laughs> you were wonderful in Nope. Ah,
1: um, yes, completely.
0: And Akilah and the Bee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you've had a, a life what a journey. well-lived of, of film. What a cinematic journey. Um, Fantastic. Kiki Palmer.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we've also lately... Uh, what have we watched Lately. Honestly, we haven't really terribly watched. Oh, we watched Barbarian. That's one of the big things that we watched. Yeah, um, and we
1: totally uh, I forgot to write it down on the list, but that's okay.
0: We've been watching more of the child's play films. Uh we actually watched uh some of them with the director's commentary or the the writer's commentary and the director's commentary on. Uh we watched Devil in a Blue Dress, a uh Denzel film from 95. Um and uh it's uh it's it's really good i enjoyed it a lot it's a um it's a noir yeah it's it's a neo-noir film it's based on a on a novel series um and it's fantastic don young don cheadle is in it and he steals the whole the whole thing practically he definitely steals every fucking scene he's in minimum
1: that is facts he does phenomenal, 100% good jobs done by Don Giedel. Um Honestly, it might be my favorite Don Giedel performance that I've ever seen, because honestly, I, I don't have a lot of movies that I've ever seen of his, his repertoire other than Marvel. And like, he's definitely doing a much better job than Terrence Mann. Um, but this performance, Oscar worthy.
0: Um Let's see. Uh, Don Cheadle movies. No Sudden Moves, The Ocean's Franchise. Um, what else? That's a good question. Um, no, I really enjoy Don Cheadle, but this is definitely one that um, for me is a real standout because he's also, he's, he's stealing scenes from Denzel at Denzel's like strongest you know, yeah, sort of cinematically, right? Right. and he's just swooping in and just subtly taking scenes away from him. And I found that um, fascinating. Um, oh my
1: gosh, no, totally. I I didn't know if it was possible, and Don Cheadle waltzed into this movie and stole my heart.
0: Um, he he he, he blowout performance. Um, fantastic. Barbarian, just go watch it. Um, I'm yeah. not gonna say anything else. It's it's fucking. it's It's an
1: experience go watch it
0: go watch it don't watch a trailer don't look up anything if you've seen a trailer you've already seen too much go
1: just run before anyone
0: else can tell you anything more go do it
1: get off the internet
0: that's that's my note on barbarian don't Um, go if you don't
1: like horror movies do not go if you don't like horror movies or do no step
0: outside yourself try something new it's
1: gonna be a it's gonna be a bumpy ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but that's pretty much my note on that. Uh if you have seen it, go and check out my letterboxed review. Um and if you have seen it, also I'll just let y'all know. Oh my god, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Wow <laughs> oh. That moment? Mm. How that thing
1: happens? stop it
0: surprising <laughs> uh that's pretty much all that i have for the listeners dear how about you
1: no i think that um i think that i'm i'm plum out of things
0: <laughs> Plum out you say all right um well folks it's been a little bit of a long week uh thank you guys as always for listening please if you haven't go and check out uh last week's episode. Uh, check out all of our previous Hispanic Heritage episodes. Um, be sure to come back next week. We're doing a Netflix original. It's going to be a good time. Um, and, uh, go and learn something new. It is so delightful to learn something new, especially that excites you. You know, if you can learn something new, that you go. Oh, well, that's useful. You know, great. But if you can learn something new that truly makes you um excited, invigorated, um fascinated, you want to go and learn more about it, go and and discover that thing, go and and just learn something new.
1: Fantastic. That's that's words to live by, honestly, you know. I couldn't I couldn't have said anything better if I tried, you know. <laughs> New experiences make the, make the mind and the body strong.
0: That's right. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Bye! Bye.